Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager, your host here in the studios at SilverBirchRanch.org on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. We've been talking with Matthew, who heads up the Ministry of Wolf River Refuge, also a part of Silver Birch Ranch. If you're confused by all that, Silver Birch Ranch was established back in 1968, our first summer, and we just continue to expand and offer different ministries with different focuses. And Nicolay Bible Institute is one of them, and these podcasts come out. That they're part of it, and the Wolf River Refuge is a part of that. And we're just really excited to be able to get people and help them change their pace and change their place and challenge their perspective in life. Because the change for our country needs to come from within, not from without. It needs to come as God's Holy Spirit moves on people and talks to them about what life is really about and what's important in life and what isn't. And I think today we're focusing on things that aren't very important. Matthew, how are you today, and what is going on at the refuge today? Uh, I'm doing well. We have a fairly full camp over at the Wolf River Refuge today. Uh, we have a group that's doing kind of a, a horseback riding camp over in the Crocker Hills, which is a uh, um, just scenic area nearby in the forest. Uh, that's not national forest land. I believe that's mostly county land. For county me. and state, I think. There might be some state thrown in there. Yeah, it's a conglomerate. Oh, there is that. a county forest over there. I was over there hiking the other day, so... Yeah, yeah, I've been over there, not for the Crocker Hills themselves, but there's a couple of good spring ponds over there. So that's... I've been over there scouting for old apple trees and old homesteads to go hunting. So yeah, they're out there too. In fact, I got distracted because under two of them was a big berry patch, so I ended up coming back with a bunch of blackberries. Well, so. even if you don't get deer, there's something. Yeah, you know, it's always fun to go out in the woods and experience God's creation. And again, we invite you, don't just, to turn off the media. We need to start a whole movement in America where those who love God live as if they love God. Spend time with God. Spend time with your spouse. Spend time with your friends. Go out and do something. Go out and do something. Oh, you know the other thing I was in the last podcast I was saying I want to learn something else. You know what else I did? I bought a, a, a specialty knife so I can carve wood, so I can make spoons. Now that's so, fun. Yeah, so I'm going to go out there, and I'm actually going to cut a hunk of wood, and I'm going to make a spoon out of it. Sure. Um, that's my next, one of my next challenges, and, and I'm just going to do it on my own. So probably when I learn that, Matthew, you know what's going to happen. I'll show you and Joseph how to do that. But before you know it, we'll be making spoons somewhere. So That'd be fun. Yeah, I'm actually in the process of building some new workbenches down in my basement because I want to start doing more woodworking. So Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, just, I, I saw some guys actually make wood spoons, Yeah. and it looks so simple. Then I thought, I'm going to do this. Sure. I am going to make, I like wood spoons. When I cook, I like using them. So I thought, I'm going to make, I'll make one of that, like a three-foot handle or something so I can really get into a pot. There you, you go. Know, uh, that big pot you have at the refuge? Yeah. We'll, we'll make a big spoon for that baby. That'd be awesome. I might have to use my chainsaw for that one, but, you know, we'll, wouldn't that be fun? Make a spoon that's about, you know, big handle on it and, and you could stir that big old pot with? Man, that would be Tell cool. them about, what do you do with that pot? Well, we've done uh, we've done a lot of things. Uh, my favorite thing to do over there with it is I've, I've kind of started to call it mystery squirrel stew. Oh, good. Um, it doesn't have any uh, real squirrel. Sorry for the spoiler there, but uh, yeah, we call it mystery squirrel stew, um, and that's kind of uh, just this process of throwing a bunch of meat in there, um, a bunch of halved or whole veggies, and just letting it boil down for multiple hours and just. You know, it's amazing how you don't really have to do a whole lot of outside work with that. The flavor is already there. You just got to concentrate it down into a nice broth. And Have you ever done it where it tasted badly? 
Oh, you know, usually if it tastes badly, honestly, it's because you tried to season it too much instead of just accepting what was already yeah. there. Well, that's what I expected you to say. Now, I didn't ask you, I didn't, I didn't set you up for that because I found that, yeah, you cook this stuff down, it tastes good. Yeah. You're, you don't have to add anything to it. Yeah, I mean you can, but you don't need, you don't need to. You could do it on your individual plate, you know. I mean, if you wanted to add spices to it or something when it comes out of there, but I have never done that. I've done that quite a bit. Where I've never done it where the food has been disappointing. Yeah, it's been great. Again, change of place, change of pace. Can you imagine yourself sitting around a fire and and just enjoying the other men or couples or or group that you're with, and and you've got this squirrel stew going on or whatever it is, mystery stew. And you're waiting for it to get done where you just poke it with a fork and take whatever comes out. One of those fun things in life. And, and again, you're building memories with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope that uh, everyone that's listening is, is thinking about rededicating some time to just going out and going on a bike ride, yeah, going on a hike, going somewhere. There's, there's national parks. There's, there's state parks. There's places like the Refuge, Silver Birch Ranch. There's all kinds of places you can go. The Nicolay National Forest, the, I go out there a lot. Um, I live right at the edge of the National Forest and I have for 40 years. So I, I really like the forest and I'm mm-hmm. out there quite a bit. And I can't believe the fact that I barely ever run into anyone out there. It's awesome. It, it, it's weird. It's like we have all this gorgeous, open, empty spaces. Yeah. And there's nobody here. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, but I will run into badgers. I will run into deer. I've seen uh, wolves in my backyard. Um, I've run. We've seen mountain lion. We've seen bobcat. We've seen, you know. And um, once again, when I'm with somebody, I'll explain to them that these wild animals are wild. They really don't like you, so don't worry about them. Just make sure you're not cornering anything. Mm-hmm. And out in the woods with a million acres behind you, you're not. No. So they'll go away. Don't worry about it. Uh, and when I'm in the berry patch, I usually play. Do you ever listen to Adventures in Odyssey? I actually haven't. Yeah, listened. I probably shouldn't be advertising anything, but I, I'm not really. But it's a that Focus on the Family puts it out, and it's it's these dramas, probably for kids. But I'm only 65, so I'm still listening to them. <laughs> and um, I'll just play those, and and my hope is that either a bear enjoys them and hangs around for listening, or they just leave because they hear noise. Win win. Um, either way, I win. And uh, I've never really been attacked yet by a bear while I'm in their berry patches. But um, I don't really fear that because if you understand wild animals, you, you don't confront them. Yeah. And you just enjoy them when you see them and kind of enjoy looking at them and watching them and them being a part of your life. So I definitely have a tendency to stir up some bears when I'm out. Yeah. Have you seen quite a few? Yeah. Yeah, which is fun. I got some good size ones I'm kind of eyeing up because I have some bear points available that I'm going to Oh, do you? you you, So is that, explain that. Is that a license? Well, so you can uh, apply for preference points kind of thing. And so every year you can apply for one point in Wisconsin. Um, Other states have different, slightly different systems or similar systems even. Um, But you accrue so many points over the years and then you can apply for a tag and it kind of is based off of how many points you have. And so I'm getting to the point where I, I should be able to draw here soon in this area. So I have a, I have a couple, I have a couple bears that I'm interested in. I got one on my camera right now. That's probably, I don't know, not terrible. He's about 400 pounds. Um, and then I got one, um, kind of over by my house actually. That's, 
uh, I don't know, closer to the 500 maybe actually. So. Wow. Yeah. And, and do you eat bear? Oh, yeah. Bear's delicious. Is it? Yeah. So that would go in the uh, squirrel stew thing? To, I mean, would that work in there? I do love bear stew. Okay. I've never had bear stew. I've had bear. Yeah. But I've never had uh, – I'm not sure if it was cooked right or not when I had it, but I, I do like it. I just sure didn't know if it was cooked right when I got it. And it kind of depends. Does it depend what they're eating? I mean – It does, yeah. I mean, if you get a bear that's been munching on berries, I mean, you can you can kind of tell that. You okay. Know what I mean? So – well, that's that's interesting. Living in the woods and and thinking about that and realizing how God has supplied your needs and, you know, there's one really interesting thing when when you go hunting up here. And I was never a hunter. I grew up in Chicago and I just started hunting in the last two three years. Again, I wanted to learn and mm-hmm. again start doing it. And you know what I realized is when you you actually eat something, whether it be a fishing that you've gotten or hunting, you're you're more grateful it seems, or I am. Because it's so recognizable that God provided that for you. Yeah, it feels good. You yeah. Know, just, I don't know. Yeah, there is there is a, a grateful attitude there for the whole process, you know. Yeah. So I encourage you again, if you, if you haven't been out in the woods and doing stuff like that, it, it's time to do that. We It's not that we're totally unaware of what's going on in the world. Have you been keeping up with what's going on in, in the world with Afghanistan and with our president and, and Congress and and with everybody else in, in the COVID thing. And uh, is there anything out there that's confusing you? Oh, well, that would be uh, a very long list of things. So as a young guy, if you came to me and said, could you please help me understand something? What would you ask me to explain to you? Oh, wow. Narrowing that down is difficult. I would say um, how we have a nation and world so full of peoples that qualify themselves qualify themselves as leaders but yet so unwilling to just look around them and find what we have known for truth right for so long well you know i think that's really a misunderstanding what leadership is i think people think if you're a leader you can boss people around and get the benefits for yourself mm-hmm. when i teach leadership and i use jesus as an example or the apostle Paul or somebody, it, basically what I, what I say is that any leader, I don't care who you are, has power and authority. Yeah. Okay. But you're only a valid leader if you use the power and authority for the people, not for yourself. If you use that for yourself, then you're not worthy to be a leader. Mm-hmm. Jesus had all the power in the universe. He could speak and you wouldn't breathe anymore. Mm-hmm. He didn't use that for himself. He used that because he loved us. How prosperous is a shepherd if he leads to only shepherd himself. Right. You know? Yeah. So I think you look at those things and you begin to realize the reason that our nation is in so much trouble is that they're godless. We're no longer identifying sin as sin, and sin is what keeps us from God. But if there is no sin and there is no God, then each man does what's right in their own eyes. It's a problem that has come from other thought processes. Mm-hmm. And the only way to correct it is to correct your thought process. Uh, because there's no, no, there's no other way to go back and say, you know, it, for example, just it, it, the logic isn't there. Yeah. T- today people are, are saying, you know, I am, uh, I'm identifying as whatever gender they want. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, that doesn't work. Yeah. It, it really doesn't work. No. God made you X or Y. He made you male or female. That's what he did. 
Mm-hmm. And, and, he, and he knew that while you were still formless in the dust of the earth. Absolutely. And you're going to say that you're going to uh, alter that somehow by your decision. Yeah. No, that doesn't work. I'm sorry. Now, you can come and say, well, you hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. You know what? Here, here's the truth from a 65-year-old guy. If you're a doctor and you have to ask me my gender, I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just the way it's going to be. I I do not want to go to a doctor that cannot tell the difference between male and female. Yeah. That seems like the basic 101 class. You walk into a medical school and they teach you this is the difference and women can have babies and men cannot and that kind of thing. I I would think. Dare I say it, I would hope that if you're looking to go into medical school that you know that going in. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, to come... At the other end of that, now even I've heard medical people say, well, our institution makes us ask these questions. I mean, we've had uh, a young lady go in and, from our staff and give birth, and they asked her if she was male or female when, when she went in. And I'm thinking, she's giving birth. What, what do you think she is? Mm-hmm. And, and should you even be in that hospital mm-hmm. at this point? I, I'm sorry, that's as candid as I can get. And, and as an old guy speaking to a young guy, you want to correct me, here's your chance, but that's how I think. Yeah. And, and I'm not trying to be a, a jerk about it. I'm trying to say there's a difference, and because we're not willing to say there are things the way they're supposed to be, because we're not willing to do that, we're in the mess that you're seeing as a nation. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a mess because we're choosing what identities we even accept. For example, People can say, you know, identify as this, and, and our government's saying, well, you need to accept that. Well, what about all the unvaccinated people saying they identify as vaccinated? Is that acceptable now? Should it be? All cards on the table. Well, if you can identify as anything you want gender-wise, why can't you identify as somebody wearing a seatbelt who isn't? Mm-hmm. Why can't you identify as somebody who paid your taxes who didn't? Like why, why do we stop a gender? Why not let people identify anything, anywhere, anytime they want? Well, because it doesn't make sense. You can't be willing to accept relativism into your life in one facet, but not the others. Exactly. And that's what the, the culture is not accepting at this point. They're saying, in these areas, we're going to accept whatever you say. In that area, yep. however, you're not going to be, you can't, we won't accept that. Right. Well, then it's not going to work and there's going to be total confusion because mm-hmm. you can't do that. You can't, you can't start telling people this is the acceptable identification thing, but that doesn't work. Well, and, okay, break this down to the basics. In the beginning, God created them. He created them male and female. Okay, that is what we know to be true. That is the way that it is, and it is established, again, before your birth, it was established before all of creation was created. God knew you while you were still formless in the dust after it was created. Um, and now, in recognition that he created you that way, but also he created you um, in his own image, okay? So male, female, yes. In his image, yes. And then to say that there is something that you are inherently rejecting of that, okay? One, that says that you are inherently rejecting what God has established by decree of your gender, saying that you feel like you have the power to usurp that decision that was established before the creation of the earth. And 
like no matter which way you spin it, you're essentially saying that I understand what God did there, but here's a take back. See, I don't like it. I want to change it. And ultimately that's how it's going to bottle down to with most of our decisions. You know, we, we just want to be our own gods. We do. And that's really the issue. I teach theology. One of the, the very first things I tell our students is that our biggest trouble is that we keep trying to be God. Mm-hmm. We need to know who he is and let him be God. And we're not God. He's God. I'm Dave. That's one of my favorite quotes. And when I go, and you can't quote it because you're not Dave unless your name is Dave out there. But, you know, he's God and, and I'm Dave. And I have to leave it there. That's a huge difference. Yeah. Not only that, I, I think in life, Matthew, when you look at people, for some reason, your generation especially, thinks that different is bad. Yeah. You know, it's like, to, okay, men and women are different. I, not, one of them is not better than the other. No. But it's like, well, we need equality. Really? What do you mean by that? It was same pay for same work. I, I don't disagree with that. That's garbage. I mean, that, that's an old argument, and yeah. I agree. You, if you're both loggers and you're cutting logs up, fine. Same pay, same work. I don't care. Yeah. That, that isn't an issue. But the bottom line really is, Different isn't bad. No. God made us different. I mean, we have different functions. We have different capabilities. As you said before, women can have babies, and you and I cannot. Right. Um, that's, just, that's just the reality. And that no matter which way you spin it, no matter what surgeries you do or what you say that you are or are not, like, that does not change. Right. Like, there is a capability there that is just inherently incapable from either one of our right. perspectives. You know what I mean? It's just. And, and you got to get out of the, out of your mind the idea that one position is better than another. The God uses the idea of a body to talk to us about what's, what we're supposed to understand. Mm-hmm. So you have fingers, you have toes, you have knees, you have elbows. When the body works together, when I see you, Matthew, working over at the refuge or fishing or something, I don't look at you and go, did you see Matthew's cuticle? Oh, my goodness. His cuticle is really on today. It's true. I am very bad at handstands. Um, I, ha- I have a bad shoulder. That being the case, it is best for me to recognize that my arms do not function the way that my legs do. <laughs> Absolutely. And when, when you see, when you begin to understand, okay, the different parts of my body, they're, they're all different. They're all important. There isn't one. I don't want you to t- ask me which one's most important mm-hmm. because I don't want you taking any of them off me. You know, I mean, that. Don't ask me about that because that's a silly question. Mm -hmm. And the bottom line is I want all of the parts of the body to work in unison. In other words, to work together listening to the brain waves that hit them. That's all I'm asking. And that's all that God asks us to do. Enjoy your differences. If you're a knee, if you're a toe, if you're an ankle, if, if you're a hip, enjoy what God has given you to do. Enjoy being that person. And, and thank God that he made you that person. Now, I think you've worked here at Silverbridge Ranch and Wilford Refuge. I think we've wanted you to be you Yeah. in that whole process. We didn't ask you to be me. We didn't ask you to be, uh, you know, um, Dan. We, we didn't ask other staff members that yeah. I could just fill in the blank, Brad, or whoever you want to throw in there. We asked Matthew to be Matthew. 
which is good. I make a very poor Dan or Dave or Brad. Uh, you, and you make a great Matthew. Thank you. And, and we can all cheer that on. And that's part of the body of Christ. To get into a position where you say, well, different, I need, nobody really says, by the way, just for the record, nobody really wants to be equal that fights for equality. They want to be better. Yeah. That, that I want to fight for equality thing is, is a smokescreen for I want more than you. I want to be better than you. Mm-hmm. It, nobody says equality is really what I want. They'll say it in words, but that's not what they mean. Or a lack of discontentment even with self. I mean, even when there aren't a whole lot of others around, you still want to be more than you are now. Adam and Eve are proof of that. Yeah. And, you know, to, to be somebody who says, I'm so glad that God made me the way I am. When I read uh, the last time we were together, I was reading out of First Corinthians chapter 2. Uh, let me read something just in context here, because I think the Apostle Paul just nails so many things when he says this. He says, and when I came to you, first verse in chapter 2, when I came to you, brothers, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of our God with lofty speech or wisdom. He said, I didn't come to you. I really wasn't one who was very good at speaking. And, I, I, you know, I, I have no polish, you know, uh, on, on the things that I've said. I was reading an illustration once where this guy was talking about how a pastor in his life, when he was young, he, he loved the people. He went out and visited. And then he kept talking about how important it was he spent more time studying and his messages, uh, according to this old guy, got shallower and shallower. They were full of more polish, he said. They were, they were full of stories and poems and, and all kinds of stuff. And it was so well presented. But he said it was, eventually it was like polish on nothing. Mm-hmm. It was like they were presenting us polish, but just polish. Yeah. He said polish has to be on something. You know, I mean, if you really want it to work, it's got to be on something. The Apostle Paul saying, I didn't. I didn't come to you with lofty speech. I didn't, I didn't come to you and have you awed by my ability to communicate with you. But look at what Paul did. He wrote a lot of the New Testament. So we have a guy that's not even gifted at communication writing most of the New Testament. I, I want to challenge you as a young guy and everyone that's listening. If you're stopping serving God and loving God and doing something because you think you're not gifted at it, it may be the very thing you need to do. Because it'll leave you dependent upon God. You know, I've written, uh, I think, four, maybe five books. Do you know that I can't spell with a lick? My grammar's terrible. And, and I could go on and tell you reasons why I should never have written a book. And yet, I had this burden to write down and teach what I learned. And what I did is I found other parts of the body to come by me and, and, and fix what I couldn't do. And it's amazing when you, you realize, you know, God did this with you. Mm-hmm. you. You can't do that. No, so the only one you can look at is God. I mean, we are nothing but the saw or the axe in the Creator's hands. We are nothing but, you know, we are the pots of clay being molded by the potter. Like, to say that you cannot do what the Lord wishes to achieve through you is not to doubt yourself. It's to doubt the Lord. Yeah. Um, and Paul is proof of that. Yeah. Let me ask you questions. Can you point to God? Can you show people who God is if you're a rich person? I mean, there are ways. Yeah. Okay. Can you point to God if you're a poor, poor person? There are ways. Can you point to God if you're sick? 
I'm pretty sure. Can you point to God if you're healthy? Um, yes. Can you point to God if your family's a mess? Yes. Can you point to God if you're a policeman? Glory be to God, yes. Can you point to God if you're in a jail cell? Absolutely. So pointing to God, since that's what we're made to do, that's what glorify God means. The only thing that keeps us from that is sin. It isn't talent. No, the Bible never said talent keeps you from pointing to God. Yeah. It's the same with the same with Moses, right? Right. Anybody can serve God and anybody can point to him in any situation in life. And if you don't understand that, then you will use the circumstances of life to stop you from pointing to God. You can do it by on a trout stream. You could do it by looking at the stars. You can do it if you're in a prison cell listening today. You can point to God. You can point to his mercy. Look at the Apostle Paul. He didn't come proclaiming to you testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. He decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. The third verse says, and I was with you in weakness and fear and much trembling. And my speech, verse 4, and my message were not implausible words of wisdom, but a demonstration of the spirit of power. It was like he's saying, you know what? I really didn't sound too good. When I came to you, I was in fear and trembling. When's the last time you're going to listen to somebody who's proclaiming truth in fear and trembling? The guy says, I, this isn't my thing. But you know what? This is what God called me to do. So I shall do it, and God, you need to use me. And yes, look what will. God did for a guy. So my simple question to you, Matthew, could you be like that? Could you do that? <laughs> yes, it's terrifying to think about because, I mean, who knows what God has in store. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, God is going to use me for the purposes that God wants to use me for. And if Even if you're not qualified on this human planet. Well, I'm on this podcast, so, I mean— I'd say that I'm already reaching farther than I thought that I would. Yeah, I, me too. I mean, I, I keep thinking, you know, I do this one podcast called Nighttime where, where I help people go to sleep, and I think that's the most boring thing ever produced in life. And yet that thing takes off all around the world. People listen to it. I'm thinking, you know, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. But it's what I love doing. It, it's like I can get in here and just share with people about life. And I want to do that at my age. I want to give away everything I've learned. That's one of my goals is to give it away. So that's one of the avenues to do it. And I think, okay, well, I can do this. God, if you want to use it, I could do this. Mm -hmm. And so when I listen, I go, how boring. But it is a, an, an older guy that's just speaking into the hearts of the people that are listening, and people are listening to it, and God's using it. And I'm thinking, okay, that's, that's almost funny in some respect. Absolutely. And so I, I enjoy the fact that God made Dave Wager, he made you, Matthew, and everyone who's listening, he made you a certain way. He knows what you do well, what you don't do well. Mm -hmm. And he just may not use what you do real well because there'll be a tendency for you to point to yourself when you do that. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't look to that. Or he might use what you don't do too well in ways that you just never thought possible. Absolutely. And that's one of those things. I know that God used um, my very limited ab ability to trout fish to make a better relationship with you and Joseph and have you guys go beyond me. And I'm thinking, somebody taught you that didn't know what they were talking about, and God used it, and it was pretty funny. Glory be to God. Yeah. Well, you've been listening to Younger Older. We're in the studios here at Silver Birch Ranch, and um, you're listening to Matthew and Dave. 
Uh, Matthew, again, is at the Wolf River Refuge. We invite you to go to wolfriverrefuge.org and check it out. And uh, we also invite you to go to silverbirchranch.org and see if we can serve you and your family. Change of place, pace, challenges your perspective. Goodbye for now.